Has the show begun? It has begun. Well, welcome to Corks and Controllers. <laughs> That's Marjo. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back <laughs> to Corks and Controllers. I'm one of your best friends, right, Adam? I'm your best friend, right? Victor Operator. So joining me today is the cheesy counselor cracking up a cold one. Yeah, a Canada dry hydration is important, y'all. Can't always be alcohol. Uh, ooh, hello? I want to make sure that the appearance. Oh, guest appearance. Yeah, go, go ahead. So in case you guys aren't noticing this lovely cup, Victor uh, coordinated me with a PlayStation trophy cup today. What did I do? I just looked at a picture of a video game, and that was good enough for him to give me a trophy. <laughs> well, Victor, you always deserve a trophy. Uh, is, yeah, you, my gaming skills, if there were like levels, I think I'm still a level one. This is if Well, it's funny how ginger ale is this color, because sometimes you get bronze trophies for literally like doing the first chapter of the game or pressing a button so it's some, a participation trophy look at this it's a group projects all over again some bronze trophies and like some games are like so egregious that they'll just be like hey you've clicked play in the in the start menu damn <laughs> i don't know i don't know if canada dry just tastes good or if it tastes better because it's in a trophy cup yeah it tastes better because it's in this trophy cup Sipping it with two hands, bitches, because you don't have this trophy cup now, do you? Anywho, Victor, um, a little uh, a little behind baseball, or however the phrasing goes. Uh, we're we're a little delayed on our recording because someone got stricken with. Oh, my lord, migraines have been with, with swords to the head. Yes. Oh my goodness. I was giving Victor the uh, the true story, but the the short and sweet story. Uh, to my um, malice and as to why I've been indisposed the past few days. There is a monkey in my brain that is crashing cymbals every five seconds. Oh my gosh. And the first day I just could like not even muster to get out of bed. I was just like, I'm not going to move. I'm going to lay here in the dark, not answer phone calls, <laughs> not answer text messages. I'm just going to lay here like a potato. It was eight hours of misery before I got some form of relief. Then the following day, I wake up and I'm like, okay, today I just feel like I'm getting drawn and quartered, you know, that's manageable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, I have, you know, like, I don't know, my thighs hanging over there, you know, and like my arms like in a garbage can, but it's painful, but it's manageable. Mm -hmm. And then I come back to work and I'm like, oh, I should have just stayed home. And here we are today. <laughs> <laughs> so on a scale of one to 10, I would probably say today we're looking at like maybe, I don't know, a four out of 10. Oh, wow. I feel like you're 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 looking like a million bucks. You're looking like a two right now. That's what a lawyer should do. That's right. That's right. Um, that reminds me. I was gonna I was gonna say something about um, uh, Kalen. Uh, the oh, Kalen, yes. The Kalen episode that uh, you should that, that you should be you should have seen by now. I but I got I got a late notification from Octavia being like, "Don't worry, the episode's still oh, coming." Wait, 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 wait. Huh. We didn't do something important today. We oh, didn't do that? the wait and then don't talk and then clap. Oh, we didn't do that. You're right. Well, we'll do that a little bit in a bit. Um, but yeah, Kaylin episode. What were you saying? Oh man, I was saying it. It was funny. I like I had a funny joke, and I was just like, I'm gonna diss Kaylin because he's not here. Aww. Right um. Oh no. Okay, I remember it now. I remember. I, I was gonna say I'm getting my revenge for not having the, oh. uh, the girls' night uh, glass. 
uh, from the last episode. You know that so glass is very coveted nowadays. So, so I, I have it now. And, uh, and uh, w- you know, I would have fought over it with Kaylin um, the next time he came <laughs> over. But I just love how Nicole's walking out with the whole <laughs> big-ass bottle of wine. <laughs> and um, You go, Nicole. You go. And, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, but honestly, I don't even know the next time we'll have Kaylin on because, you know, he... You know, he's, after, a, he's a busy man. After after recording, you know, he was kind of an asshole. He was slurring his words. You try to have, you trying to add it out for my sister. So you know, you know <laughs> might be a while till you come back. No, Kaylin, we love you. We can't wait to have you back. <laughs> no, no, uh, disclosure. Uh, you you can't give absolutely accurate uh, legal advice. But how how egregious do my lies have to be to be to count as like slander <laughs> i mean they're already there <laughs> they are already it's not there. damaging his reputation it's uh, not losing his job true um but like if uh i don't know if a lawyer's office were to get a call from caitlin saying that i got fired from my job because this guy's saying that i'm abusing women specifically this guy's sister on the <laughs> internet i'm pretty sure they're gonna have some interest in that he didn't lose his job. He's fired. <laughs> Precisely. Because, yeah. So th- those are my two cents there. Anyways, that was my one bit <laughs> for Caleb. Oh, Anyways. my goodness. So how have you been this past week? I've been great. Ordering I'm tons of wine, great. tons of alcohols. Ordering all sorts of stuff. Um, it's it's fun uh, having to think ahead again. Because, like... You got Valentine's Day around the corner, my guy? I, what have you ordered for that? Dessert yeah. wines are going to be rolling up. I know, I know. Because like in, in the before times, you know, I was like, you know, back of house kind of stuff. And then now I'm just like, like man, now, now now I have to think about what people are drinking. And yeah, you have like, to look at the trends. The trends. Oh, man. Like the uh, <laughs> Negroni Spolato. <sighs> Negroni Spoliato, yes. Oh, spare me the misery. My, I'm I getting wonder, a migraine all over again. I wonder how many of those are happening <laughs> in, in the month of February. Mm. Oh, no, no. But the Brocettos. The Brocettos, like Caitlin said last episode, that with chocolate is like the one wine that, oh, I mean, along with port, that actually does pair with chocolate. Mm-hmm. As far as what the thrifty shoppers will be looking for, you will definitely be uh, getting a higher than average interest in sparkling wines. Mm-hmm. All the future October babies to be born, this is their time. People will be conceived. <laughs> Beings will become sentient <laughs> during the next couple weeks. All as a result of some fizz and some booze. So Proseccos, Champagnes, Brocettos. Um, and also, I don't know if you've seen these trends, but uh, Ciders like artisanal ciders have mm. you seen these those making it to your market yet or no Mm-mm-mm. so there are cider clubs up in sonoma county now like literal cideries dedicated to making like ciders from this strain of apple or you know from this specific orchard over here oh dude sign me up so yeah cider ciders club. are becoming a thing uh kombucha regretfully is going nowhere mm. i wish it never became a thing <laughs> Imagine you get the world's second most popular beverage in the world after water, mm-hmm. and you decide to let it rot. That's what kombucha is. So, sorry, people. I don't like hard kombucha. Um, but, uh, like, I'll think of it like this. What would you do if you let, if someone let orange juice go rotten? Throw it out. Yeah, you wouldn't drink it, would you? <laughs> That's what people that drink kombucha do. That's my hot take there. Uh-oh. Oh, Yeah, so 
hard orange juice, screwdrivers. I love you, but no, don't ferment them. So yeah, kombucha sadly are going to be staying. I think I am uh, foreseeing a sharp decrease in the hard seltzers. Thankfully, mm-hmm. I think people are finally burned out on that. Because I mean, like we did a tasting of some, didn't we? Like two weeks ago, of a kombucha? No, of a hard seltzer slash. Oh, sorry, whatever they were. <laughs> Apparently, I was half listening. Yeah, we had the <laughs> we, group we had, projects. I'm telling you, y'all. We had the uh, the white claw, white claw cider. Mm. Not the cider. White Claw doesn't make ciders. Seltzer, seltzer. There we go. Yeah. So we had that. We had the High Noon, and then we had Happy Dad. No, it looks like Happy Dad. We had like four different ones. No, that's what the High Noon was. So was that's the one you kept. So was the White Claw, High Noon, um, White Claw. No. Or did we? Did I already say White Claw? You already said White Claw. So White Claw, High Noon. What the fuck is the last one? The Tayo Sequoia. No, we had no, we had three hard bubbly somethings because one of them was a grapefruit, one of them was like a neutral thing, then the other one was like a fruity one, and one of them because I remember we were playing like King's Cup in a way like over here, um, whatever. Let's scrap that. But yeah, so those are the trends <laughs> that I see that are going to be uh, somewhat uh, doable for you. But like I said, people, Valentine's Day is around the corner. Buy your bubblies and please don't make those October babies. We're better off without them. You're better off without them. Oh my gosh. Are you are you talking October babies because of their astral signs or whatever? Uh I mean they were made in lust, so I guess yeah. That <laughs> that's an appropriate thing. I mean if you're demonically doing things there you're gonna conceive a demon pretty much. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. Let's continue the show. How about that? I just like the idea of like connecting two holidays where it's just like you, you get you get down and bone down on uh, Valentine's Day and then by some miracle whether stubborn or late or whatever it is, a baby's just born on on Halloween. Ugh. Yeah, that's a, that's an omen right there. Not a good one. <laughs> that is not a good one. But oh. anywho, so uh, now shall we pour this wine? So let me pour this wine because this mm. is my redemption show with this one or this wine's redemption show. So a couple of months back now. Yeah, I would say November, I think. Yeah, this wine made an appearance. And if you saw our short, I did a really ridiculous thing and put the wine in the freezer and it froze. So the wine was okay, but not very great. So this bottle, I was a lot more careful with this one. I made sure it never left the wine fridge until today. (laughs) And in that wine fridge, it was a solid 54 degrees. So nowhere near chilling. Um, And it came just straight here. So... Oh, where to begin? The wine that we had for this guy right here a couple months back, it was very thin, watery, not very fragrant, kind of insipid, almost like if you could, uh, I don't know, imagine like a glutinous rice beverage. Doesn't sound appetizing. No. That's, that's what that reminded me of. It was just gloppy, oily, not very fragrant. This one should be the polar opposite. So this is the Torbrek uh, Cuvée Juvenils. So this is going to be 47% Grenache, 32% Mataro, a.k.a. Mouvedre, 10% Carignan, 9% Cunois, and 2% Shiraz because, you know, fuck them. You know, fuck you, that's why. It's <laughs> 2% Shiraz just for the hell of it, you know. <laughs> Wait, you need a... There we oh, go. Man, you need to hear yeah, the lovely I mean, screw cap. You don't know, the, the winemaker is probably just like, it makes all the difference. It just helps that finish. 
The screw cap? Oh, the Shiraz? Yeah, probably. The Sh- Shiraz in Australia is like, I don't know, um, Kraft macaroni and cheese in the States. <laughs> it's it's their bread and butter, you know? Like, this is what they're known for. It's Shiraz. So it's like, to add 2%, it's like, fuck you. Oh, wow. I can smell from here. It, it, right? We couldn't do that last time. Oh, wow. Woo. So cheers, my Woo. good sir. Cheers. So very fruity. I get like tons of jam. I get like, I don't know. Hell yeah. Like grapey. I hate to describe it this way, but it reminds me of, uh, oh, they're playing. Oh. Are they fighting? They're playing. Oh my God. The shadow really gets it. It is like, like. Oh, I thought I heard an owl. Like like full body weight being put on Mako right now. Anyways. So yeah, this reminds me a lot of, uh, what's that classic uh, grape jam? Classic grape. Oh, it's a Concord uh, jam, but it's made by a specific brand. Welch's Smuckers. Huh? Uh, Nicole said something. What was it? There we Welch's. go. Yes, Welch's. So it reminds me you of love that. Welch's. I do love Welch's. I do. I will drink that by itself and not even. I will. I, I will say, if you're editor, if you if you play back, I said it first though. So. <laughs> Classic grape. Oh, it's a Concord um, jam, but it's made by a specific brand. Welch's Smuckers. Oh, wow. This is lovely. It's like insanely grapey and like jammy and fruity and silky. There's like no obtrusiveness in this wine. Oh my God, that is all jam. Yeah, it's just super fruity. It's not sweet by any means. I mean, it is a dry red wine. I mean, at the end of the day, but now can you see how fun loving this little wine is? Mm-hmm. And now you see that, you know, like when... My dumbass froze the wine. I robbed us of this. Yeah, yeah, you're an asshole. <laughs> I am. It's it's one of the dumbest things. I think I've only frozen wines in my lifetime, like maybe five times. Mm-hmm. Three of those times, I was probably drunk, honestly. Because there's no way a sober me would forget that, unless I'm in the presence of Mako, that beautiful cat. So <laughs> I don't want to blame Mako for my mishap, but Mako, it was you. Mm. So what do you think? I'm trying to find out. Uh, how to describe this finish because it's like because it's like it's just like all jam and then you get a bit of like a nice like dryness to it and then like it just plateaus out into like a gosh I can't I don't even know I don't even know either it reminds me of like fruit leather meets fruit roll-ups or gushers or something I don't know it's like a very high-toned fruity 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 hmm it's like imagine yeah, those I would zebra, agree the, with the leather part. Like imagine those uh, zebra, fruity, striped, bubble gums. It's almost like also a leather texture, which I'm finally getting it. I'm learning, you guys. I'm finally realizing what texture in a freaking liquid is. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not no ordinary liquid. I mean, you got to give yourself some credit here. I mean, this is a uh, result of some super complex biochemistry. That's like you have phenols, you have terpenes, you have polyphenols, you have ethanols. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a whole bunch of like other incongruously complicated chemical reactions going on. So it's not just a fluid. It's a you're drinking, for lack of a better term, nature's little chemical elixir. Amazing. Amazing. So I would say this is a pretty damn good wine. Thank so you could find it at our local Costco for a whopping 20 bucks a bottle. Wow. It's not expensive That's at amazing. all. <laughs> so they're known for some expensive stuff. So their run rig is like oh, dreamy, like absolutely dreamy. 
Um, and then they also have, let's see, there's their run rig and then I'm forgetting what their other one is. There's two like really, really nice ones. Um, the run rig runs about like 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that one isn't so attainable, but this one, oh, it's delicious for the price, oh, especially yeah. it's like a little baby, a little baby. It's like a fourth generation run rig. It gives you some elements of what the run rig, but the run rig I think is like 98% Shiraz, 2% Viognier. Mm-hmm. This gives you like a tiny little flinch of like what the run rig is like. I was looking at the label to see if I can specifically thank someone, but there's no name on it. Just, oh, just yeah. the it's just Torbrick. That's all it is. It's Torbrick, but they're delicious. Well, thank um, you, Torbrick. Uh, if you want to send us more of your portfolio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a wine buyer now. So, I mean, <laughs> got to convince the man to throw some cash that way. I would insert the super profane rap song about, you know, twerking and plopping it, you know, mm-hmm. to get the money. But no, I don't want to do that. Okay. We'll just, we'll just blow right past Yeah. It's uh, a. <laughs> oh, no, actually, I will tell you. So I listened to this super. Oh, my God. It was a totally different song. So at the office, they so I'm around a bunch of youngins, right? Total mm-hmm. of Gen Zers. Oh my god! I mean, like, I'm sorry. That's not solace enough. None of them really drink wine. I feel so out of touch. I said that I was eating sardines with this like um, spicy chili crisp, and I walked out, and I'm like, man, these sardines are bussing. They all forced smiles and looked at me like I was crazy. I could tell that they were like, that's not how I use that term. <sighs> And then at that point, I'm like, I am the old guy in the office. I was literally about to joke. I was like, did you walk in a room and just went like dead ass? And they all just start laughing at you. So I, I've heard like no cap or uh-huh. like on my dead associate, you know, or stuff like that. And mm. I just don't get it. So I'm like, I'm going to try this one. You know, no, they weren't buying it. They weren't buying it. <laughs> so like during our holiday party, none of them touched a glass of wine. None of them. Uh-huh. They were all drinking seltzer or hard kombucha. One of them brought a fucking big ass can of like hard, like was it Mike's hard, but like the harder one. So it's like 10% uh, alcohol. And I'm like, you know, you could get fired for that, but I'm not going to go there. You're just a new hire. So let's not, you know, let's not go there. Mm-hmm. But all this to say that, so they love to like, you know, play their current music. So I had to listen to a hundred gecks the other day. Have you heard of them? I haven't. No, it's the definition of chaos. It'll give you a migraine if you don't have one. <laughs> But uh, more uh, recently, I had to listen to uh, the Margarita song by Sexy Red. Don't know that either. Um, I know we can't play the music, but if you'd like, just put like the first 10 lyrics on the screen editor <laughs> and let let them decide if this is a profane song or not. <laughs> but it pretty much goes on to say, give me one margarita, I'm going to do this. Give me two margaritas, I'm going to do this. Give me three margaritas, and this is going to happen. Give me four, then that's going to happen. And five is going to like, yeah, you're full access. <laughs> I don't know how we got to this, but I'd say let, let's continue the show, my good sir. <laughs> let's. <laughs> so would you like to begin or would you like me to begin? Uh, sure. I'd like to begin um, because everyone knows I talk way too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> or not loud enough. <laughs> not, is, this, is this better? <laughs> I felt the vibrations. I felt the vibes. My God. <laughs> is this better? <laughs> um. Anyways, don't zoom in on that. Don't zoom in on that. Give me five margaritas. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> full <laughs> access, everybody. Full access. <laughs> okay. um, again, behind the the current, I was just I was just so excited to talk about this week's video game pairing. Uh, I even I even sent you before. And usually I, I don't say anything. To you. No, you don't. There's very few times I actually tell you. I was like, oh, this one. This one, I clicked on the picture and I'm like, this is a meme. 
there's a guy that's like famous that like it's not Power Rangers. Oh my god, we're gonna play the fucking guessing game where I have to figure out who the fucking actor is. Oh my god. Oh man. It's like this meme of like him smiling and then it's like he's sad. Oh, he came out and like this. It wasn't a movie. Was it a movie? No, it wasn't a movie. I should know this. I watched this shit. Mm. I don't know. Oh man! Don't tell me though, because I'm. I don't. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure I'm gonna get the name, and you're gonna be like, so close but so <laughs> far away. Oh my <laughs> god! He's not the blue guy. He's not Admiral Thrawn. What the? Oh, but he's hey. in Star Wars. Oh uh, yeah, I was about to say who it was. Yeah, I that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to get to. But I'm like, fuck. You this told me not to say. You told me not to say anything. So he's not Thrawn. The Thrawn is the blue guy, and uh, I know he's in Star Wars. Oh my goodness! I don't know which of the trilogies or spinoffs or other. No, 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 no. Sabine has something to do with it. Yeah, I know. Like even even Nicole's off camera trying to guess what this fucker's saying. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure like Nicole knows who it is, but like you're making it way more complicated than it needs to be. Um, so um, he has a helmet. Disclosure: Victor told me he hit the road by nine. It is eight twenty-two. Yeah, it's like ding dong, ding dong, ding. Okay, he's not a fucking uh, stormtrooper, but that, that's as close as I'm gonna get. Is it? Has a helmet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is he, he? Does he have? It's the whole Baby Yoda thing. Yeah, he has Baby Yoda. What's his name, Victor? It's Pedro Pascal. <laughs> He's in the meme in the fucking video thing that you sent me. It's hard, man. Like it's. I don't know how the hell you guys can remember so many like things about like video games. Yeah, but so I don't. Yeah, except I seem to confuse them all the time. <laughs> I think I've regressed from my initial like quarks and controllers knowledge to like what I'm at now. So how we got here <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that I sent Victor the key art for the Last of Us remastered or Last of Us Part Two remastered. And now Victor's gone on this bench of trying to figure out who Pedro Pascal is. Because I saw him on a meme. He saw him on a meme. Be, uh, because he's, he's in the, the show. He's in the show version. There we go. That's what that is. That's what it is. And um, and yeah, so I was really excited about it because, um, like I said, they, re- they released the remastered part uh, version of this game, which is absolutely ridiculous in terms of this game's like Better than Spider-Man. two, three years old. And usually in video game culture, usually when you reboot or remaster or re-personify or whatever the heck reboot uh, video games, it's usually because they're older and there's a fan base that would like to play it again. And and uh, usually it's really favored when it's like on an old console that no one sort of has anymore. Like if like you can't really expect the, the majority of modern video game players to like keep their PS one around. Mm-hmm. Unless of course you're my friend, Andy Cazares, who just never, he never transitioned to the current console. He like 
the current console has to be like seven years old for him to finally be like, hey, I finally got one. <laughs> oh my God, me with a lot of things. So it's going to be like 2050 until my boy gets a PS5. But anyways, um, and and like that's when it's really favored because they're just like, oh, random example, Crash Bandicoot for the PS1, got a remaster. You could play the first three games in modern graphics on the current console or even your phone in some cases. Like you don't even need to own expensive hardware to play these games again. And that's when people are like, amazing. And yet Sony's going this route where it's just like, okay, video games are getting more and more and more and more and more expensive to make. So, and people want to play our older games. So we're just going to rehash games, take like, I don't know, like a, a fifth, a fourth of a normal budget. But who are we kidding? Some of these remasters look very expensive uh, to just because they know it'll sell. Mm-hmm. And that's when they done with, uh, that's what they done with part one. They released like uh, they released like a remastered version of part one but then they did it again when the ps5 came out so now it's like even the most cutting edge graphics and then people were just like that sort of makes sense because that game came out in, on ps3 then it was remastered for ps4 and then they did yet another version that you had to pay full price for for the ps5 it's just like okay kind of scummy god damn so this thing reinvented itself three separate times over the course of how many years oh like seven eight nine so, so identity crisis one yeah, so so the first game very egregious but sort of made sense like it was born in ps3 graphics it looks amazing now but part two came out at the very tail end of the ps4 era and was like immediately, like nearly immediately patched when the PS5 came out. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, this game looks amazing. What, like, what can you realistically do with a remaster? And then, and then Naughty Dog just went, was, it wasn't even Naughty Dog, it was probably one of their remaster studios um, that were just like, <gasps> there it is. It's like, well, you know what? Oh, yeah. It's like, well, you know what? I don't know. Now you have unlocked frames. Now you have support for v- VVR. Now you have like more like uh, drawn like full detail graphics at more further distances. And it's just like, and for the like the nerdy like the cutting edge nerdy nerds like me, I'm just like, okay. But here's the thing, though, Victor. I turned it on, and I couldn't tell a difference. No. <laughs> this newest release, you can't tell the difference. I could not tell the difference. So what did they do? What did the press release say? The press release was just like, hey, tell you what, we know this game's not that old. And we know you guys are going to like point fingers and accuse us of like double dipping on the same game. That's not that old. But how about this? If you owned it previously, you'll just pay 10 bucks. What? And that's what I did. (laughs) So you just gave him $10 for nothing. I gave him $10 to upgrade my current game. To what, though? To the remastered version. That is exactly the same as the one that you had before you paid the $10. Now, here's the thing. Huh. Here's the thing, Victor. Damn. Is that catfishing or is that reverse catfishing? I have to refresh my brain on what the official definition of catfish it is. <laughs> because it's, it's, I, I feel like it's kind of like gaslighting where like people say it so much that it loses meaning. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's that's <laughs> tricky. It is tricky, isn't it? But here's the thing, Victor. I'll tell you this. So they updated some graphics. Sure, fine. Um, 
they they've done some more cool things where it's just like, hey, how about we give you an updated game mode where you're in you're in certain sections of the game, but you never leave them. It's just an ongoing onslaught of increasingly difficult enemies, and you just have to survive as long as possible. That's a cool mode. I'll play that when I'm done with the story mode. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Here's what's interesting about this remaster coming in right now. So the first time you play a narrative-heavy video game, you're usually you know, taking it slow, mm-hmm. going, going like at your own pace, kind of paying attention to what you can sort of recall and then taking it like at face value, which by the way, this video game, absolutely brutal, brutal emotionally, absolutely visceral in its violence. Hence the meme. Just like (laughs) first time, just like (laughs) gory to the hell controversial in so many, like so many varying opinions uh, especially from bigoted people who don't like lesbians or like muscly girls, like, so, like every which way, so many opinions, like just crazy amounts of headlines, which is why I was a part within the, the first week, uh, of the video game and the show, you know, had its fair share of like some headlines, but mostly people liked it because Pedro Pascal. Yeah. The Mandalorian. Now I know his name. I knew his fucking, let's, let's go on. <laughs> So, like, there's just so much to take on the first time you play. But I, I've, um, I've uh, took on an analogy uh, in preparation of uh, getting ready to play this game. And that is, I'm going to fuck up the quote, so maybe I'll let Octavio paste in the real one. But it was something along the lines of, you know, like a true creative and avid reader is a rereader. Oh, okay. That's that's commendable. Right. So playing it the first time, you're like you're just like, you know, you're one person. Playing this game a second time, like three, four years later, you've changed. Maybe, like maybe not just physically. But let me tell you this. Would you buy that same book for ten dollars more just for a fancier cover? I, you know, why don't you get at Nicole? She buys books for the covers and the hardcover hardcover versions all the but time. Are they resale of the same one? Yeah. They sure are. Those those are all books she's had before. Anyways, I don't want to drag her out here. She's gonna <laughs> yell at me. Um, <laughs> um, but anyways, and um, but yeah, but like three four years later, my point is like you're a completely different person, and it's not just physically. Like you think differently. You've absorbed that story kind of like melded it into your life in whatever shape or form that may have come. And now you're seeing it again, being just like, I'm seeing even more of this. I didn't even notice these background characters. I didn't even notice they said this before. I didn't even notice that like one of the characters but had like is, this but is like that a, but, to their face and they're just like, that kind of changes the scene a little bit. But is that appreciation or is that just you noticing more things? That that was all there before, right? You just didn't it notice it. It was all it. there before, right? I would say it's a little bit of both. So it's more personal growth than the actual video game getting better. Well, the video game is amazing to begin with. Let let me start there. The video game was amazing to begin with. Absolutely top tier. Like you can watch it as a movie and like feel just as satisfied without even like touching any buttons. Like like you can sit on the couch right next to me and maybe I'm not going to commit to that. It's a very long game. I was like, you can, I was like, you can sit next to me and watch me play the entire thing. You will be satisfied with what you How see. How long is Guarantee the game? It. Oh, 
well, let me tell you, even with even with the Victor, the Victor migraine delays, I still don't have time to beat it. <laughs> oh, oh, this is a multi-day game. Holy shit. Okay, I thought this yeah. was like a six-hour game. I'm sure you can do it when finishing, but uh, you do need to eat and go to the restroom eventually. And tend to other human beings. I think duties. I'm 14 hours in. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, I don't know if I have this. That's like watching a Harry Potter marathon times like five. Actually, no, I think the Harry Potter marathon is actually longer. To be fair, part of the game is like scavenging for goods, and I cover every inch of the levels. So You're not you're not missing anything this I'm, time? I'm not missing a thing. Okay. But here's the official pairing. Here we go. So The Last of Us, very bold, right? It was very controversial when it came out. Lots of flying opinions. It is like, like I said before, absolutely gut-riching in what it does to you emotionally Mm -hmm. and what it does to your eyeballs when you just see the many ways people are are not even killed, like destroyed in that game, right? Uh Uh-huh. And on top of that is like the precedent that was set when you've interacted with this bottle before mm-hmm. and then how you've grown to like hasten it now oh this is not going to be a cheap pairing let me tell you that right <laughs> now there's only one wine that comes to mind and i'm already in my head that you're, you're saying all this and i'm like oh our viewers are gonna like don't this. already own the game you're paying like 60 70 bucks and you're paying for this bottle so i hope you own it <laughs> yeah so um the tea L-D-R. Is that what it is or is it T-D-L-R? T-L-D-R. Yeah, the T-L-D-R is the 1927 Boal Madeira. Oh, my god! Now, the actual... Yeah, that's going to cost you about $1,000 a bottle. Um, but the long story here is that... So, this Madeira... Madeira is uh, this... <laughs> you know I paid $10, right? So, so I'm getting there. So the lovely thing is that when this wine was released, it was already expensive. The wine hasn't changed. It's not going to fucking change. It's just that there's... Okay. So the story with Madeira. So Madeira, like the Boal, what happens is that um, Madeira is the most abused, tortured style of wine out there. Mm-hmm. So, do you remember the one that we went to Lovely Westbrook and we had that little dessert wine? Oh, of course. That sounded like little shack just baking in the sun. So, wine... <laughs> now I want to cling the wall because that's a good memory. That is, a good, again, good memory, right? So, um, take this Torbrick, for example. Two things that this wine, that will obliterate this wine, that are its ultimate, I don't know, chromiums, not chromiums. What's the shit that Superman's allergic to? Kryptonite. There we go, that shit. It kills him, apparently. It's not allergic to, but I mean, allergies can kill you. Anywho... So, the kryptonite for this little wine right here are two things. Light and heat. Oh, and also oxidation. They kind of come together. Um, so, the moment this wine is exposed to oxygen and is heated and is in the presence of light, you're, you're going to fuck this wine up. Madeira. Oh, this poor thing. So, it starts off as any other wine, right? It's nurtured in a barrel. So, think of the little, you know, wine in the barrel like, oh, it's a little baby. Cute, 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 whatever. And then the winemaker says, time to die. So they take these barrels out to the sun and they just bake in the sun all day long. 
So this wine is heated. Then when the nighttime comes, it's cold, so it shivers to death. Then the next day, gets right back up, gets heated again. And uh, they're topping this these barrels off, right, and whatnot, you know, as it goes on, the angel share, whatever. Um, but when the wine is finally bottled, it is brown. There is, technically speaking, no life left of that little baby. It's just static. So these wines, once they're bottled, they don't necessarily... It's like whiskey. It's not going to get better in the bottle, per se. Uh Um, So what happened with this specific wine that I tasted in San Francisco was it was a 1927 Boal Madeira. I remember I walked up and I was like... Did a double take. I'm like, what the... Am I reading? It's not 2027. That says 1927. What the fuck? (laughs) And so I walk up and I'm like, oh, what's this? And they're like, oh, bottle the 1927. And I'm like, huh, or, or made in 1927. All right. And I was like, huh, I got to get a sample of that. Oh, my fucking God, Victor. That was the most beautiful fucking thing in the world. Wow. So the best way to describe that wine, oh, my God. Imagine the essence of almonds and walnuts with just like butter and honey. <gasps> it's a really simplistic rendition, but it tasted almost like nowhere near as good as it. But a good example would be like a pecan pie. Oh, it had this nutty caramel like flavor, you know, like the ac- alcohol was like non-existent. Um, and so I'm like, you know, like, do I want to order this for an employer? <laughs> and then I look down and I see the trade price and I'm like, the fuck? Excuse so me? the uh, whatchamacallit um, wholesale price, $5.99.99. <laughs> so that means we would be selling it for like about 1200 at least. Yeah. And I asked the lady, I'm like, um, I know this wine is already old, but and she's like, oh, no, no, honey, this wine, it's going to stay the same. You're going to change. <laughs> and I'm like, huh. And so back then I was like, what, maybe 27, 28, a little bit younger. And I was like, bitch, what? Your channel, what like the fuck? Like back then I was an arrogant little prick and I'm like, I know that this wine is going to change. So I go to Google all angrily, you know. And then, <laughs> sure enough, it says right there, yeah, Madeira's, they don't really improve with age. And I'm like, so really, she was right. Okay. So, um, if I wanted, can I do a quick search right now so I could tell you exactly oh, yeah. what this wine is going for nowadays? You your phone or this laptop? Uh, either or. Actually, let's do both. Okay. So, it's uh, 1927 Boal Madeira. 27... Not bowl. Uh, Boal, B-O-A-L, and then Madeira. Madeira. Oh, oh, look at this. That's the average price at the moment. Ay, ay, ay. So, yeah, take the... I, I mean, I guess it's kind of representative. What, $10 out of 60, that's like, what, 30 percent no like 25 15 percent um so i mean again if this wine was retailing for a thousand two hundred back in the day it's not that bad that now goes for five four thousand nine hundred forty three dollars so for our tech bros out there here you go get yourself some uh boal madeira and call it a day um so yeah that would be my pairing because when you were talking about it, you're like, okay, when this game was released, you know, the second edition or whatever, it was magnificent. It was beautiful. Like, it's a great game. Like, it, you know, strikes you like it's... Con- so, Madeira is very controversial because it's not a... Uh, <clears throat> age does nothing to this. Wow. It doesn't... 
So that little baby that was killed in the barrel and then bottled turned into like this immortal that we really don't truly understand. Mm-hmm. Like, how in the fuck am I going to appreciate a nearly hundred year old wine when I'm only like 30? This Madeira stands over me and says, <laughs> literally, that, that, if, th- if this wine had an attitude, it would look at me and say, this is what he's going to be drinking me. Like, not even Hitler himself or not even, you know, like Justinian the first of, you know, the Byzantine Empire. Like, it's you. So I don't know if you got that feeling from that game, you know, when you're like, this game is great. And you're probably just thinking the game is probably thinking like you inexperienced little shit. You're trying to tackle me. And it kind of worked because the second time you played it, you're like, oh, I didn't recognize this. And you just proved the game's right, you know. Uh, that's usually how I feel when I play the harder difficulty, which is called Grounded. Aptly named, like, th- like an uh, an enemy will shoot you once in the stomach and be like, "Sit down, start that whole chapter all over." <laughs> yeah, I mean, so how many times have I been able to try this wine again? Once, yeah. Um, and I was like, "Oh my god, this wine is so good! What the hell, man?" Um, and back then, I didn't know what the price was because there was no price sheet. <laughs> I was just like, okay, you know, so it was a little, I mean, gut punching, almost like I got shot in the stomach right now, so it's nearly $5,000. After you sample it, you're like, is that what I just drank? Yeah, so I mean, and it's like the pores weren't skimpy. It was like that. It's like this was in, oh, this had it been 2019, 2018, maybe. Now, Victor, I don't want to ruin any potential future pairings, but... What do, you, what do you think the most expensive thing you sampled without knowing the price was? Uh, Romani Conti. <laughs> so I, I knew that the Romani Conti was expensive. I knew in my head like what the price range was, but it wasn't until I saw the vintage and I'm like, fuck, I don't know how much this bottle of wine is. I know that it runs like in the thousands, you know? And, then, and so I searched it up and uh, yeah, $27,000 a bottle. You got humbled as hell. You just sat right down. <laughs> I thought it was a magnificent, beautiful wine, but yeah, I looked up the price and I'm like, huh, you know, even though my name isn't $27,000 richer, my body is, <laughs> I got, you know, at least like $5,000 worth of, you know, grape juice flowing through me at this very moment. But Victor, we're all made out of uh, stars. Yeah. But, uh, stars are made of grapes or grapes are made of stars as well. So, hey, you know, same thing. So I like to think of it like this. Some place in my body is, I don't know, a piece of bone. That, you know, like the polyphenols or the terpenes, you know, were used from that wine right. to build something in that bone. And so I like to think that my bones are like, huh, they're testaments to all the wines I've drank. That's very, that is a very interesting thought. So I like I to like think that. that somewhere inside of me is that 2002 Romani Conti chilling next to that 1927 Bull Almadera saying, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Look at this plebeian drinking us. Where we were talking about like how much is Elon Musk, Elon Musk worth? It's like, what am I literally worth in terms of what Have my body has like, like absorbed and adjusted into my body? Yeah. If my body were to be worth money, depending on the wines I've drank, yeah, I'd be a millionaire, my guy. I would be a millionaire. But sadly, you know, liquids don't automatically equate to cash flow. Well, I'm not worth millions. My body is. Well, here's hoping, Victor, that if you were worth millions... Hopefully you still do the show with me. Oh, of course. And I would probably be buying that 1927 bowl, you know, to drink on the show and be like, look, everybody. <laughs> on the future table and I'd be like, Ugh. <laughs> I mean, it really is one of those because, again, Madeira stands in its own league. It's not like any other wine. Madeira's only equal is, and even then, if I could call it an equal, would be like sherry. 
Now, when you say like Madeira, like, you know, how specific ones like are just run through the gauntlet in terms of how it's being made. Is that the same way of ports? How ports it's kind of. So por- oh, okay. ports are a little bit more of a... There, so po- <laughs> when you think of like a family, right, and you have like the kids are these dessert wines, the rich entitled one is the Sauterne, a.k.a. the Botrytis one. Okay. So you have Trocken, Bionos, Lace, Tokai, uh, Sauterne, all in that little league. Then you have the punk kid. That's what I would call Marsala. There are good Marsalas out there. Um, but they're unique. They're, they're far and few. Uh, then you have the Brainiac. Uh, that would be Madeira. Mm-hmm. Madeira is the one that, you know, holds the stories and has the wisdom and whatnot far beyond their age. Um, then you have the pretentious one that's not as, not what it should because it's confused. That would mm-hmm. be Sherry. Sherry's all over the fucking place. I, I can never solidly recommend a Sherry without knowing the person that's going to be drinking it. That's how complicated it is. It's like, it, it gets very finicky. And then you have the know-it-all. That would be port. <laughs> port is just like, uh, it is literally the colonizer of the wines. <laughs> the only reason port exists is because the goddamn, uh, no, let me rephrase this. The only reason why port exists is because these rich English assholes were fighting with the French and couldn't get wine from France. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, hey, Portugal, you're right there. You want to send us some wine? And the Portuguese were like, yeah, whatever. We'll send you some wine. Turns out the first few shipments were shit, you know, because obviously when you send wine overseas, it's going to be exposed to sun and wind and shit. Um, And then the Portuguese had a great idea. They're like, you know what? Let's add a shit ton of brandy to these barrels. And it turns out that I don't know how the English discovered this, that they actually age pretty well. So port is like Madeira in the sense that it's boozy and it can age a long time. But port gets treated with a lot more dignity. So the grapes for quality ports are almost always stomped, foot stomped. Madeira never gets that respect. Um, and then the <laughs> port with bats. Yeah, and then and then the ports. It's like they're monitored closely to see you know like the fermentation. You know what's the sugar level at. And then once the you know sugar level is at a place where they want it, then at that point they add neutral brandy pretty much. And with your nicer port houses, it's pretty much like unbarreled cognac that they add to the to the grape juice that kills off all the yeast. And then at that point, those barrels are either uh, kept in the barrel. That would be like a tawny port or a uh, ruby port. Ah, yeah, ruby ports to some degree. And then you have your late bottled vintage ports. But the really, really good ones, they get bottled immediately. And those become vintage ports. Vintage ports, oh my God. Those can easily age and improve for like 50, 60, 70 years. Uh But after some time, they will give up. (laughs) And at the very end, only one will stand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know now at this point which one that one is it's a little mm-hmm. wine called madeira all right it has been through hell and high water and it is going nowhere if the aliens destroy earth and somehow bottles of madeira are left intact intact the madeiras will see the downfall of the aliens mm-hmm. that's how long a madeira can last i have one more annoying question yes uh so how come madeira sherry's marsala's uh, how come they're like sort of synonymous with cooking wines? Oh my God. Oh, I don't want to blame the English again, but uh, it always goes back to those fuckers. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to offend you guys. Um, let's go back to the colonizing Englishmen, you know, and okay. yeah, because there was never a woman doing the colonizing. Um, so Marsala, Sherry, um, they would cook pretty much with the bottom swill. So back in the day before Bawal, you know, was a thing. 
Um, these Madeiras and Cherries, they were made to be cheap and very rough. Mm-hmm. As in like, it would be like me and you putting, you know, Welch's white grape juice in a barrel and laying out in the sun for like 10 years and then saying, ah, we're going to ball this Madeira. You think it's going to come down to high price? No, but we've got to sell mm-hmm. it somehow. Yeah. So $5 Madeira becomes. And Madeira, even after all that time, still has the sugar. It still has some sort of acid um, that makes it great for cooking. It really does enrich a sauce. Same thing with sherry. Same thing with marsala. Um, so like chicken marsala benefits a lot, you know, obviously from the marsala. Um, cream sherry does well in desserts. Then you also have like fino sherries that does better in like some kind of soups and stews and whatnot. Madeira is the one that I always look at and I'm like, I'm scared of you. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter if it's a ten dollar Madeira. After that experience, I'm like, I'm never fucking with you again. As in, like, if I'm gonna approach him and be like, "You benevolent being, am I worthy of your presence?" Because I'm not trying to get punished by the wine gods <laughs> for underappreciating you ever again. <laughs> so that's uh, that's my official pairing. It would be the 1927 Boal Madeira that you can find at your local liquor store for four thousand nine hundred forty three dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all, but that was God the pairing. God damn it. Well, all right. Well, excuse us, listeners, as well as uh, Otavio for editing all this. Uh, yeah, let's let's get on to the next part of the show. All righty. So let me tell you about this beautiful little wine. So it all starts in Sonoma County. And we're going to go to the Dry Creek Valley. Oh, shit. You know this. No. Sorry, unrelated. God damn it. What? During my whole spiel about The Last of Us Part 2, I meant to say that uh, the game, pretty much the majority of the entire time, is set in Seattle. I don't know if that would have changed your pairing, but... No. 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 Okay. I mean, okay, okay. yeah. We'll, we'll move back. You I'm, I mean... I'm so sorry. I remember, I was just like, when I get on this episode, <laughs> I'm going to be like, Seattle, 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 because it's the entire game. Yeah. But. I mean, there are some wineries a little bit north of Seattle. I'm forgetting the name of the Appalachian. It's an AVA. It's not Puget Sound. Puget Sound is way the fuck on the other side. It'll come to me like in the middle of me talking. Although, um, sorry, spoilers. Uh, the very tail end of the game, you end up in Santa Barbara, but... That would have done something because there is this bit, I mean, this lovely winery in Santa Barbara that um, I've had my fair share of trifles with. And I don't think that our uh, disagreements are still fully resolved. Okay. Anyway. So that that, that could have been an alternate ending, actually, you know. I'm sorry, listeners. It's just that in my head, I was just like, no, you made a point to say, talk about Seattle. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. So, yes, in the Dry Creek Valley, there exists this little tiny winery. They don't really take appointments. They're old-fashioned in a sense that they they don't really care about modern trends, but they make damn good wines. Mm-hmm. And so um, <clears throat> I've only had the privilege of going there like maybe once or twice. Um, but this wine that I had maybe about a week ago, I think now, um, comes from a little place called A. Raffanelli. So R-A-F-F-A-N-E-L-L-I, I think, A. Raffanelli. Um, <clears throat> the Cabernets from A. Raffanelli are singular and unique. So you're in the middle of what I would call enemy territory. The Dry Creek Valley is not known for Cabernet. It is known for something called Zinfandel, which A. Raffanelli makes a really, really good example too. Um, so I'm going to set the scene for you. Mm-hmm. You're a little bit, I think, northeast of the city of Healdsburg. Beautiful little city. God, I love Hillsburg. But, oh my God, I've been there too. once for like Costo two, three my hours, heart. and I'm already like, 
why can't I stay? Right? Why can't I live there? Like, the square is so beautiful. But anywho, so you go northeast of Healdsburg, and you're in the Dry Creek Valley. Everywhere you look, you see these vines that are old, scraggly. Those are Zinfandel grapes or Zinfandel vines. Um, but somewhere out in there, <clears throat> you have a few little plots of Cabernet. Cabernet ordinarily does not like the heat you find in the Dry Creek Valley. So already it's at a disadvantage. You're in enemy territory where everyone and their mom knows about your competitor or your main enemy called Zinfandel. Mm -hmm. The weather is not conducive to who you are. And somehow this winery has decided, you know what? We're going to make our name on you. So you're the chosen one fucking cliche a gajillion video games on that alone <laughs> you are the chosen one. you are the chosen one um but this is one of the few times that i myself have been like what the fuck as in this is a wine that stops you in your tracks and the first thing i remember smelling is something eucalyptus pretty much it's a very unique smell especially in wine because you smell it and you're like huh you smell like napa valley you smell like Bordeaux. What the hell is this? Mm -hmm. So you have some very unique abilities and or traits that distinguish you very easily from everybody else. And in my opinion, I would say puts you at an advantage to make, your, make a name for yourself. But here is the ulterior motive or the plot. Your, I guess you could say your boss, in this case it would be A. Raffanelli. Mm -hmm. They are on a mission to make sure that you are not really discovered. Yeah, they'll talk about you to other people they like. But for the most part, no one knows you're there. But you're tasked with pretty much um, running the show on the underground. Mm -hmm. So this Cabernet, oh my God, I should bring one on the show. That's what I should do. <laughs> be, that will not be a cheap bottle, but... Oh, my God. So this Cabernet smells like eucalyptus. When you take a sip, the first thing I noticed was like scorching acidity, which, again, don't expect in the Dry Creek Valley. Mm -hmm. um, and then came like this little rush of like, have you ever had like lightly roasted coffee? Like literally like just a lightly roasted mm -hmm. yeah. where you taste more of like the fruity, I don't know, like cocoa-y kind of aspects of the, of the coffee without it being like overly bitter. Yeah. Um, it tasted like that. It wasn't chocolate. It wasn't coffee. It was something that just reminded me of like, for lack of a better term, a really goddamn good cup of coffee. <laughs> but then it had like the texture of like milk. It was fucking weird because it's like you're, you're, ta you're tasting this like really inviting, comforting kind of flavor and it has the texture. But then out of fucking nowhere, you get socked in the face with the tannins <laughs> and you're like, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like what the hell man you know like you have all these little powers and how is it that dry creek valley is zinfandel country hmm. yeah so that is my pairing for you my good sir in a nutshell you're in enemy territory you have special powers no one really wants you to control the show but you're assigned to what do you do i'll fuck them up <laughs> <laughs> um Disclosure, I'm an aspiring coffee connoisseur. One day I dream of a prosumer espresso machine. I'm oh, I thought you were going to say like a coffee plantation. And I'm just going to be like... Rah, rah, rah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so one thing came to my mind when you mentioned two things. One, uh, going uh, against trends. Yes. And then, but you, you know, you had like this, you know, uh, like you... You've had this uh, 
little bit of notion of like, you know, you're still in your comfort area though, but like, you know, you're just going down and you're just like, you're just moaning. Yeah, exactly. You're just moaning down. You're just moaning. <laughs> like, you're yeah. Just like, taste this shit fucking. <laughs> it's gonna, it's just, oh man. Anyways, I don't know where I was going with that. That's why I kind of like lost my words, but it reminds me of a particular video game studio. Interesting. Yeah. Um, because their, their entire catalog sort of just does that, uh, in terms of the games they make. So I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of, of a Finnish video game studio called yeah, house market tasting. Amazing. I know I was about to say, like, I, was, I didn't want to interrupt your story, but I was like, when I report, I was like, God damn, that finish is like ultimate, like, I think this bottle of wine starting to whisper to me, like, dude, that finish is like, am I, fu- am I like hallucinating? Is it not creamy as hell? Is it whispering to you like? Like half and half. Is it going to, is it whispering to you being like, are you going to freeze me again? It might, it mm-hmm. might, it might hear, it's, Better it's, probably, not. it's probably hearing me talk all this shit Better about, not. you know, Madeira and all that stuff. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm going to show you, bitch. So take a sip. Tell me what that finish feels like, because I literally think that it feels like this creamy, rich texture that I really don't know how else to describe. Yeah. The, like all those comments about like the leatheriness is like gone. Yeah. And now it's just like... Is this velvety rich, but like... I don't it's know. Like, it's like sliding down Yeah, my palate all the way to like the back. And there's no bitterness. Yeah. It's fucking wow. weird. I guess that's what you're... What, what were you saying? You're, you said other, something else other than silky. What did you say before? Velvety, creamy. Vel- velvety, creamy. Oh, creamy, yeah. That's what I was It saying. reminds me of like half and half. Like the texture you get when you're... Well, I mean, I don't know how many of you hooligans drink half and half at home. I do. <laughs> hooligans... I, I I personally love taking a little swig of half and half when I'm just like, hmm, I want something indulgent. Let's normalize hooligans. I want to call people hooligans more often. Uh, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. The hoochie hooligans. <laughs> <laughs> no. Victor. No, that, that's a way to demonize that real okay. quick. So I was thinking of a Finnish video game developer, um, Housemark, which is uh, currently owned by Sony. Now, I, I know you guys probably saw me sneaking some notes, but I did remember that they were Finnish, and I did remember that they were owned by Sony, But because of course, I'm a Sony fanboy, of course. Um, but no, so, so Housemark, in the very beginning, uh, was just sort of just like, hey, we're here, we're punchy, like, you're going to play these games, and, like, you're going to love them, because, like, you have, like, this nostalgia, uh, not necessarily that that's that the nostalgia part is part of the pairing, but like just because you love familiarity, you love arcade style games. Mm-hmm. So they were making games like a Super Stardust. Uh, they made Super Stardust and like uh, twin stick shooters. Um, I'm forgetting the zombie one. It's like dead of some. I don't know. Uh, Octavio, please put it up. Uh, I, and I thank you in advance. <laughs> and um, so courteous. And um, and yeah, and it, and. It, Every game that they made is just like, just like sort of the symbolism of video games where it's just like, yeah, you're here to just like, just have fun, have colors, have uh, like physical and visual feedbacks. And you're just here to just like rack up a lot of kills or rack up a lot of points and just, you know, just have a really fun time. Damn. So they really just want to cater to what you want. Exactly. There you go. And then. But the more they did that, the more uh, 
it went against trends because as everyone was going like, oh, you have to have like a live service game, meaning that it's a video game that either has multiplayer components or has like changing factors that make you want to come back, like fire up those servers, connect to the internet and like play the game again, whether it's like, I don't know, like uh, Left 4 Dead, which is like a continually multiplayer game, Overwatch, which is a game that like gives you new maps, new characters, and it's like, like everywhere is going, every game was going that way. If it wasn't live service and continuously asking you to keep paying money, a develop a publisher didn't uh, want to touch it. Yes, and they didn't do that. Carsmark didn't do that. They're just like we believe in arcade action. We believe that's what, at the very bare minimum, that's what gamers want. Yeah. They want to see action. They want to see lights. They want to achieve, they want to achieve something and then strive to achieve more after that, which is like kind of how our arcade games are. Like, you, like at the very base, you remember video games where like you see a score counter in the corner and you yeah. like to see it go up and up and up yeah, and see exactly. if you can get even higher than that. And that's what they kept doing until finally they hit this wall. Where they're just, where even the CEO admitted being just like, we want to do action arcade forever, basically. But we realize that people like the graphics, they like the high end fidelity, they like the sounds, and they like the thing. So here's what we're going to do we're going to meet you in the middle. And they came out with this video game called Returnal. Returnal. Now, Returnal hits on a bunch of things that are within trend settings, which is a third-person camera, a human character, uh, a roguelike or souls-like kind of uh, thing, meaning that when you die, you sort of lose the things that you've collected, but not everything. Like, you sort of kept your skills and, like, whatever weapons you kept, uh, but you did have to start the level all over. But they went against trends again by being just like, we're going to keep it arcadey. We're going to keep it, like focus on lights, focus on bullet hell dodging, focus on just like, just like, just bombastic shit happening because at the end of the day, it's a goddamn video game. Yeah, that's you, what it should be. You want feedback, you want visuals and you want this stuff, but you know, we'll give you that, but we'll also give you like the character, the narrative, the graphics, the fucking like all this stuff. But like, we're going to keep it a video at the end of the game. You don't want like some realistic hoity-toity thing that like takes itself too seriously yeah you want to progress and we're going to give you that and i think how smart you know they, I, did I, they do it i i praise them for that they now how they successful how well known are they to the average gamer uh probably not at all they are a raffinelli if i drop the name a raffinelli around wine connoisseurs one of them might be like is that in like oregon it's like, yeah, you're a state off, but yeah, you're close enough. And it's weird because like people who like souls like like Dark Souls, Bloodborne, the From Software games, I never a hundred percent truly understood why those games became mainstream because at their at their core they're difficult games. And I feel like that doesn't mesh well with the mainstream i think mainstream likes like nintendo games mm -hmm. or sports games or like the call of duties yep but when they play a housemark game or from software game they're gonna get the kick shot out 
the shit kicked out of them, but yet they sold millions of copies. So I feel like it's on top of like this. I think it's a niche on top of a niche that Housemark grabbed and they did it so fucking successfully. And I praise them for that. Uh, shout out Housemark. And just, uh, hey, send me a little sticker, please. Housemark, please. Send, send me that dope. What was it? Was it a sweater? They had some merch and it was like the coolest thing ever. Oh, one second. Let me grab this real quick. Uh, pl- Victor, if you will please uh, vent to the audience while I go grab this. About what? I don't know anything. <laughs> oh, let's play another game. Okay, so wine trivia. Can I guess all the approved grapes of Bordeaux? Okay, here they are. Oh, Christ. Okay, so for red Bordeaux, you have, oh my God, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Petit Verdot, Carmenere, Malbec. Uh, let's see, I got Carmenere. Uh, I'm going to move on to the white. So there's Sauvignon Blanc, Semillon, Muscadel. And then there are the odd ones. So for the red ones, there is Torriga Nacional. Brown. Oh, I think it's Tempranillo. Um, and then for the white, fuck. Albarino and... It's a fucking grape that you find in Arbois. That's all I got. Okay. How many did they get right? Hopefully they got a lot of them right. Anywho. We're back with Victor. We're back. I better have gotten them all right. I love the game so much I bought their soundtrack. What the fuck? <laughs> you are a fan, my guy. <laughs> this game is amazing. Please... For, for God's sakes, if you ever see, if you own a PlayStation console, and it's on PC as well, so you don't even have to own the PlayStation or any PlayStation hardware. If you like, if you even have a laptop, like just buy it, put on low settings. You are like the <laughs> ultimate Returnal fan, boy. Look at this. This game's worth playing. It's amazing. Okay, so please send this guy a sweater at least and send me a sticker. That's all I want. Oh, that was my point. Yeah. Uh, Returnal has cool merch. This is one of them I bought. This is the vinyl. Look at that. Fucking, look at that. Come on. Damn, and you haven't even opened it, have you? Oh, I've listened to it, of course. Oh, of course you have opened it. it. No, I'm I'm one of those collectors where I'm like, come on. You Sure, you bought it because of the aesthetic and the way it looks, but you got to open your stuff. You got to use it. Stop, Don't, it. stop attacking me, Victor. That's how I feel about my wines. Okay, wines are a little different. Yeah, I have to only, wait till they mature. Only by the nature of aging that wine. Yeah, different. it's like you're not going to send a four-year-old off to Harvard and expect them to get a PhD. It's like you got to wait till they grow up. But if you enter someone's home and they're just like, oh, check out what I've been aging. And it's like a fucking, I don't know, like a Kendall Jackson, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You would be like, what the fuck are you doing, my man? <laughs> That's painful. That's, <laughs> I don't even want to imagine that a Kendall Jackson Chardonnay after 15 years. <laughs> have you ever have you ever felt like that tooth pain that you get like when you eat something super cold or super hot or you just bite the wrong way? That's how it just old Kendall Jackson just. I feel like the only video game equivalent is like you go to a, a GameStop because you're like. This is the only place that had like a sale on something particular I was looking for, but whatever. And you're in there. And while you're in there, like someone's relative is just like, it's like my son's looking for random example. Uh, my son's looking for a, a Spider-Man game. Probably talking about the newest one, the newest amazing one. And they're just like, 
oh, is it is it the new one for PS5? And they're like, I'm not sure. I think they have an older PlayStation. They're like, oh, maybe do they have a PS4 or 3? Do you know that, ma'am? And they're just like, I don't know. They're like, I think the 3. Okay, well, here's a... Here's Web of Shadows. Why don't you play that? And then, like, that's the only part where you're just like, no, what are you doing, my man? Like the example I just said. But instead, you just kind of watch in the corner and being like, that kid's going to have a fucked up day. Yeah. Old Kendall Jackson. Oh, my God. Of all the horrible wines I've been served, I've never had the fortune of getting that one thrown upon me. Oh, Lord. I'm going to pass out. That just, ugh. That's like, imagine you leave, I don't know. Let's talk about our beloved half and half. Leave it in the fridge for two years and then you open it up and you're like, did I just smell death or am I dead? I'm sorry for all these questions, Victor, but now now I'm curious to see like what what is the worst thing you saw someone try to age? Uh, okay, so the worst thing I think I've ever... I mean, if this isn't the worst, this is like if, definitely a contender. If it's criminal enough, you don't have to name them. That'll be slander. <laughs> I'm not going to name the person, but I'm going to definitely name the wine. So... This winery has been around for some years, um, and at first I was like, there's no way you bought that wine that many years ago. And then they show me the bottle, and I'm like, this is bad. This is really, really bad. <laughs> Literally, it when you this, open that, it will be bad. <laughs> my guy. So let's see. This was in 2020, so I think they got this bottle of Stella Rosa like in 2003. Oh! Oh, it, was even, it gets even worse. Oh! It's a Moscato, not even a red. <laughs> that thing was like the color of beer. It was gross. And they're like, we're saving it for a special occasion. And I'm like... <sighs> oh, so it wasn't even like for aging. They were just like, oh, dude, this is going to be like the best celebration wine ever. Yeah, that's exactly what they were thinking. Oh, my God. I did not have it in my heart to look at them dead in the eye and say this thing was dead 20 years ago. Disclosure, I am a... I mean, I know some things thanks to Victor, but comparatively, I'm a wine noob and I was, I'm already hurting. Yeah, that one, uh, they're still holding on to that bottle and I did not tell them because I'm like, you know, if anything, they're going to have a good laugh when they open it. Do you think it's still closed? No. Oh, is it still closed? I hope it is (laughs) because they've been taking sips of that every year. Oh my God. Oh no. Wait, they have been doing that or you hope they have? I hope they have not been doing that. That would be horrible. But as far as the worst thing that I've seen somebody try to age... I think I'm angry, guys. Oh, there, there's a lot of contenders, but I think the worst one I have seen attempted to age is... So Sauvignon Blanc every now and then can age very well. I think I talked about mm-hmm. the Joseph Phelps one uh, not too long ago on this show. Um, but uh, I was at the house of a collector, a wine collector, and so he has like hundreds of bottles. And I'm already sweating like this bad. <laughs> and... Um, so this guy has had a whole bunch of, you know, Napa Valley Cabernets from the 70s, from the 80s. Same thing with the Merlots. And uh, he was all like, you want to see my whites? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, like I was expecting, you know, like French Burgundy, Sauternes, German Riesling. You want to see my fragile whites? <laughs> my dude, it was an old. Why am I blanking on it? Yeah. Um, you know this brand. It's made by Mondavi Woodbridge. Oh, Mondavi. Oh. It was like this, like, no. not, it was like this 1980 or 90, something from the 90s, uh, Sauvignon Blanc on the old label. And I'm like, <gasps> I 
And I remember I just looked oh at him and I'm God. like, do you like white Bordeaux? He's all like, no, not really. And I'm like, well, white Bordeaux is made with Sauvignon Blanc. That will kind of give you a hint or you know what you're expecting here. And I was like, you know, that bottle might sell for a lot of money, you know, because it's, um, I'm just shooting shit out of my ass at this point. Um, like, I'm pretty sure somebody out there is willing to spend money on that year because that was the year someone was born or whatever, or just the novelty. But I'm it's like, like a coin. Yeah, but I'm like, <laughs> you know, you shouldn't open that. You should just cherish it. There, there. You know, it's just not, it's something that is just so rare. And he's all like, it tastes like shit, doesn't it? Mm. And I was like, yeah, you know, old Napa's are great, but this is not one of them, man. There's a difference between being finding a quarter that says 1992 and finding a wine that says 1992 or a quarter that says like i don't know 1822 Mm -hmm. or 1720 no 1789 or something so yeah i mean there's a lot of uh, horrible things that i've seen that people have been aging so mayomi's are one of them back in the day when the wagner owned mayomi um they would think that that would age very well rombauer chardonnays i can't tell you how many of those i've seen from like the early 2000s that's going to be shit. I mean, um, I how you feel about Rombauer. Yeah, Rombauer's bad enough already, but the Chardonnays, yeah, that ain't going to age gracefully. Um, let's see. I've seen a lot of old Montalena Chardonnay, but that stuff does age fairly well. As far as Cabernet goes... Chateau Montalena? Yeah, Chateau Montalena. Oh, that yeah. Chardonnay, actually, if you look at the cork, it's a DM30. They guarantee that cork for 30 years, and I'm pretty sure that wine is going to survive well over 30 years. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's one. There, there's a reason why that one is expensive. It won the Judgment of Paris back in... I'm really? rusty on this. It was the Judgment of Paris of 1976. I think it was 76 when the, Par- the Judgment of Paris was held. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, so that was ranked as the top wine in the world. It beat out, like, all these famous French white wines. And back then, Montalene Chardonnay was going for, like, $5 a bottle. I can tell I'm learning because even then, you mentioned, like, the Judge of Paris and a Chardonnay ad. And, and it somehow made me go, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so but that's how California earned its chops. So Chateau Montalena won the whites, and then uh, Stag's Leap Wine Cellars won the red. And they beat out a whole bunch oh, of first growth and reds. second growth. That's why I was... Yeah, no, so Montalena, yeah, I mean, that's a Chardonnay that will get better with time. Um, but yeah, so that one, when I see it in collector's houses, I'm like, ah, fine choice, my guy. <laughs> not a fine choice, Farniente Chardonnay. I have not had one old Farniente Chardonnay that tastes what it's supposed to be advertised as. And if you, if you go to the Farniente winery, they'll be like, yeah, our Chardonnay's ain't incredibly. I had a 2014 the last time I was there, and I'm like, oh my God, dude, this tastes like rancid butter. This is disgusting. <laughs> uh, and the guy's just talking like, oh, the caramel, oh, you know, like the toffee. And I'm like, old Chardonnay's not supposed to taste like this, dude. This is <laughs> Bro, a you're having a stroke that's burnt butter <laughs> yeah that's just a hella oxy like i mean i've had cherries that don't taste as bad like it's that bad um so yeah farniente oh doesn't age very well frank family chardonnay same shit that's just canola oil that you got in the bottle that ain't gonna get better <clears throat> um any kind of <clears throat> came as cabernet going back to the early 2000s that stuff is vinegar at this point from the 90s the 70s came as cabernet great once you get to 2000s no no, 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 no. All you motherfuckers buying special selection, you're in for a rude awakening when you open that shit up in 20 years. Mm-hmm. That is not going to age very well. And you're spending 180 bucks on a bottle on that? No. Uh, let's see. One other famous contender, Vauve Clicquot Champagne. Listen here, motherfuckers. So okay. let me tell you. This is a shark right now. Yeah. So when you decide to get married and you decide to splurge on this fancy bottle of wine and, you know, celebrate when you're, you know, your 10th, 15th, 20th anniversary... Make sure it's a vintage champagne. Don't get that orange label one. In 25 years, that's going to taste like shit. 
The bubbles are going to be gone. It's going to be brown. It's going to taste like, I don't know, rye bread with like an English, like a fucking egg McMuffin. Um, It's not going to taste good. And the same shit goes for your Proseccos, for your Cava's. No, 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 no. Splurge on that bottle of Dom Perignon. That will age for the 20 years. Not your goddamn Oakley Coat. Not your goddamn LaMarca. No, don't do that, please. I'm asking you from my heart. Don't do that. That hurts me. I'm surprised Don Perignon isn't just a name. No, Don Pe- yeah. something. So Don, yeah, Don Perignon. I always tell people if you're going to drink it the first ten years, you're just wasting your money. It's not worth drinking. Get an for- older one. Oh yes, you got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don Perignon wait at least ten years from the time you now, buy it, not from the time it's released. Now I understand. So right now, I think they're currently on the 2014 or the 2013. It's already about ten years old. Don't drink it. Wait ten years from now. Gotcha. Once it's about twenty years old, then crack it open. You got money, you don't want to eat. Wait, you know what makes me sad? Old. You know what makes me so sad when our uh, former employer first opened Don Perignon was selling for 120 bucks. You know how much I regret not buying it back then? Oh, yeah, because wow, it's now it's like, time. yeah, oh it's been God. some time now. Oh, it was $120 a bottle, and now it's like $187.97. And I'm like, damn it, I would have saved myself 60 bucks. And back then we were selling like the 2008s. No, it was like the 2010s or the 11. No, they didn't make 11. 2007, 6 maybe? Ah, yeah, it was a 2006 that we were selling. So, yeah. that. So any kind of vintage, like uh, they're called Prestige Cuvées. So you got your Bollinger, Grand Danae slash your RD. Those are going to be great. If you're going to get that orange label one, make sure it's La Grand Dame. That's the one that comes in the fancy squat bottle. Pretty mm-hmm. ooh, ooh. pretty much any champagne that has a year on the label, that can age very well. That's a vintage champagne. But that's a story for another time. But yeah, those are the wines or the champagnes you should be waiting for your 10th, 15th, 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to be a pleb, buy yourself a Sauternes about two years after your wedding. That will be magnificent on your 50th anniversary. I wish there you guys you a long married life. Wow. <laughs> that is... Now, Victor's not a person of marriage quite. Uh, Fuck, I quite, fucking quite hate that. kids. But if Victor is telling you to actually celebrate your wedding, you know it's serious. Yes. Okay, so there there it is. Victor's got to get home. So here we yes, go. so you got to get go. home. Sadly, you know, the, the really? dogs are calling. The dogs are calling. All right, so the feature table for today, by the way, if you want to be on this feature table, you can contact us podcast at speed.net and if you want to even help us when those people don't call and contact us because you know realistically we're a small podcast but we yes. want you to subscribe and comment and like it and all this stuff but you can also go to ko-fi.com anything you donate will go straight to the table yes and what we have here today is these just came in today like literally like as victor yeah i was like my chemical was, romance i'm like huh as victor was coming in i was unboxing these uh in real life but um i saw these uh, it was weird. It's like the 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 pre-order page for these were like blank, zero detail. I didn't even know what these were going to look like. I didn't even know what they were going to look like a day before they arrived. But what we have here is uh, vintage style figures, uh, four inch figures. Uh, but what they sent to us, to me, <laughs> I was just like, Victor, you can't right. keep, you can't keep these. Yeah, figures. no, I don't get action um, figures. <laughs> Is uh, my comic romance uh, inspired by the Danger Days uh, album, uh, and and it's the band members in their in their in their uh, in their little 
And their little outfits from the the lore of the album. I thought Party Poison was wearing a Pepsi uniform. I was like, <laughs> the fuck? It doesn't you fit know, in. I agree with that. I agree with that. But uh, but yeah, but um, I never had. I was telling Victor that I never, I never grew up with four inch figures or this like packaging style of it. So I'm sure it's very nostalgic for people who grew up with those. But I have none of that nostalgia. I just love the band. The band's amazing uh, in my eyes. But anyways, but other than that, we have uh, whatever the heck is. I just bought this because everyone was hyped on it. That's literally the only reason why I bought it. Everyone was just like, oh, my God, do you have plenty for president? Do you have plenty for president? Do you have plenty for president? And I was Isn't just it like, same plenty as it is just a new label. My controversial taste of it, because I, I, I had it fresh and cold the other night. Um, it's a triple. I'm pretty sure it's a repackaged. Yeah, elder. it looks the goddamn. It even says Pliny Elder anyway, so I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, and like it still says triple hop. I'm, I'm like 98% sure. I think it's just the label that they probably. See, people are going to probably just. Even Pliny on the back of the bottle tells you, hey, they don't now? <gasps> Sacrilege. Yeah, they this you, one doesn't have like a bunch yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah, they usually tell you, drink me by this date. Do not age me. And then this one just doesn't. So maybe this is just a collectible bottle that they're just like, eh, let's just throw some Pliny to shit because people are just going to keep this with the label. Disclosure, I'm just going to finish it tonight. Yeah. Um, and over here. We have. Victor's going to describe this to us, but this was his first like wine gift. Victor's given me gifts before, but this is his first wine gift to me. Uh, Victor, what, what yeah, do you have so here? I'm I sure have explained it before. Yeah, before. so I have a very fond memory of this winery. So this was a winery that I visited on my very, very first wine trip. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, like period. Um, so I was up in Sonoma County, and I remember back then I was in love with Rodney Strong. Oh, uh, there's a. <laughs> I got some opinions on them now. Now, um, but anywho, so um, we uh, I just googled you know some random places, and I'm like, oh, there's this place called Blanchard, and so super tiny operation. I mean, he's literally out of a little shack, like way on the outskirts of Hildeburg, and so we showed up, and it's just him, like this the owner slash winemaker slash proprietor, um, and it's just us, and he's all like, hey, how you doing? You know, my name is Mark, and blah 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 blah. Oh, so. Here down to earth yeah super down to earth and so he's from i think peoria illinois um but anywho so uh back then this wasn't a bottle that i picked up on my first time but this was the winery i went to um and i remember back then like i hadn't gone to wineries and this guy just showed like the best hospitality he gave us barrel samples he let us taste a whole bunch of stuff back oh then gosh. yeah back then i wasn't making a lot of money i was working at on my previous employer prior to that and uh, i just remember thinking like damn how can i repay you you know and so I'm like, look, man, I'm not rich. Uh, he's like, don't even sweat it. And I was sold at that point. I'm like, my guy, when I have money, I'm coming back here and spending some money. And sure enough, on this trip, that's exactly what happened. Nice. So I went back. I joined the club and I was all like, OK, Mark, I want to buy some stuff to age. He's all like, oh, the Syrah's perfect. And so sure enough, I tasted the Syrah. Oh, my God. I tasted that Syrah in 2016, 2017, I think. And, uh, oh my God, back then, this was just a hodgepodge of fresh plums, of barbecue sauce, of olives, of like molasses, of fruit jam. And I'm like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Back then, it was super grippy, very tannic, very acidic. And um, I forget exactly why I gave you this bottle. You you just thought like, I want, I want Victor to just have it and maybe, maybe if he wants to to age it i forgot why i gave you two yeah because i'm like i remember very well that i'm like i bought like three or four of these <laughs> and i still have the other two in my storage um and look at that dry creek valley 
Another story to be told on another day. Syrah nice. exists in the Dry Creek Valley. Yes, it does. Is my cork more? No, nope, oh. the cork is fine. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that Syrah, I would probably say, has about two more years to go before it's ready to pop open. And then wow. at that point, it'll probably hold for another like 10 or 15. A hold at that uh, aging or whatever? Yeah. Okay. So I would say nice. at least two more years before you want to drink it. And then after that, it'll hold for another 10 or 15. So rock can age a very, very long time. Well, damn, Victor. I genuinely love that story. And now it makes the bottle even better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's when I see Blanchard. I'm just like, oh, back when I was a little newbie. <laughs> so that's the little heartfelt story about Blanchard family wines. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning yes. into this episode. I really appreciate it. Again, please spread the show around. We want it to be bigger because the bigger it gets, the better the bottles, the better if the you trips, see the us drink the a, Yeah, if you want to see us drink a 1927 Bawal, please make it happen. I would love nothing yeah. more than to be sitting in sophisticated chairs and saying, Victor, we're about to have a 100-year-old wine. <laughs> Oh my and God. you're about to be. Uh, I'm gonna have heart palpitations during it. I I already feel the the humble pie being served to me. I just I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna take a sniff of that wine. It's gonna say I'm back, bitch. You're still not ready for me. I mean, you know I mean, I, hell, if we're we're so young that I even I can say outrageous shit like if we get 50 subscribers, Victor will eat a pumpkin pie. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, that is never happening. Maybe that's a hundred. <laughs> Mark my words. I will never sell myself for pumpkin pie. What number of subscribers do you want to see to eat pumpkin pie, Victor? None. No way. Okay. Pumpkin pie is not. I will not eat baby food as an adult. I'll do it for 5,000 subscribers. No, Victor will eat eat a pumpkin pie. We get one more subscriber. (laughs) (laughs) You don't got to twist his arm or twist. Yeah, twist whatever the hell it is to make him eat pumpkin pie. Me, I'm eating pumpkin pie the second this guy leaves. Now, I might... I will never touch a pumpkin pie. Never. But I might be convinced to maybe try a sweet potato pie. I do like sweet potatoes. We're making progress, ladies and gentlemen. 50 more subscribers, I'll try a piece of sweet potato pie. And with that, I we bid you adieu. Yeah, adieu. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.